Uh, I want to take this opportunity to uh, introduce or reintroduce, I should say, Ellie Beer to this uh, wonderful audience. Uh, Ellie, of course, is the founder, leader of um, United Hatzalah of Israel. And we really have three topics this morning with Ellie Beer. Um, he has a big gala coming up in New York City, which obviously we'll mention. Uh, but there's some sensitive work going on on a daily basis in Israel that he oversees. And there's very sensitive work going on in the Ukraine that United Hatzalah of Israel has gotten involved with uh, since the end of February. Eli Beer, founder, president, United Hatzalah of Israel, a pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM. Thank you, Nachum. It's always great to be by you. It's uh, so many years I I, I, show, I I go on your show, and it's, I love it more and more every time. Thank you. I appreciate that very much. Let's. <laughs> we'll talk about the dinner. We'll talk about the gala. It's always an amazing event, and, and we'll get to all of that. But let, let me start with a couple of things. The situation in Israel... Um, it, it seems every time we we you know turn on the news here, go to the uh, go to the web to check out the latest that's going on. There are a, a tremendous number of clashes that are going on. Um, uh, unfortunately, you know uh, uh, episodes that we would consider terrorist attacks uh, are um, are on the rise. It's been a very rough few months for our brothers and sisters in Israel. I would have to imagine that in addition to all the life saving work that your organization does. Uh, for them to, to it, it has to be unavoidable for your personnel not to get involved in some of these situations. Some of these situations, you know, actually do uh, it, it require first responders to get to the spot as soon as possible. So these terror attacks, number one, put your personnel in a very sensitive and precarious situation. Then I would think some of these clashes, uh, as things develop, uh, do the same. What could you tell us about what your men and women have been going through over the last few months in Israel? Well, you know, we had a very rough, let's put it this way, a year since Lag Bomber last year, uh, which was one of the worst tragedies of Israel, if not the worst. Um, just, uh, Mehran came, it was after COVID, a really few ways of COVID. And then we had a war. People forget May last year, we had a war. A lot of people were injured and killed in that war. And we were all involved. Every United Hatzalah volunteer from all around the country came to help down South. That was over. They had tragedies in, uh, in different parts that we were involved the tragedy in, uh, in the Surfside that we send volunteers from Israel to help in. And um, waves again of COVID, and then we were back to uh, to normal for a while, and then uh, the war broke out in Ukraine. We were there, sending our volunteers who are still there. And the waves of terror does not stop, and now we have a peak of the, the waves of terror in Israel. We're talking about uh, individual terrorists who just decide to be, uh, to be uh, I don't know what they call them, to be uh, Shaheeds. They yeah. think they're getting something in return. And this is, is, is this is unbelievable to see people who are just planning on their own. Maybe they're getting some funding from, from terrorist groups and from different countries, but they are on their own going ahead, and their mission is to kill Jewish people in Israel. And this can happen in Hadera. It can happen in the center of B'nai Brak, in Tel Aviv, or in Yerushalayim just uh, the other day. And... Uh, I, I, I spoke to a volunteer of ours who was in the terror attack in Yerushalayim, and uh, he literally saw it happen. And he, he could have been the one that he would have gotten injured. 
and uh, all killed. And, and Baruch Hashem was able to save a soldier, a young soldier who was stabbed. of United Hatzalah, um, who was there because of the ambush cycles. He was able to drive through Shar Shem, you know, and be there and save a life of a young soldier. And he said, I could have been the one. He was right there when it happened. Yeah, the point... And, uh, right. and this is happening every day. The point I'm trying to make is that, um, look, we, we know if someone uh, needs help medically... Uh, the response time from United Hatzalah members is pretty remarkable, really record-breaking, and this is something that we've spoken about many times here. Uh, but now, uh, e- even though, again, even though, again, um, your personnel, they're, they're willing to go into any situation to help and, and willing to go into any situation that even puts their life in danger, it seems like now um, they're doing so much more of that. Uh, th- they are getting into, into circumstances and episodes uh, that are even you know much more difficult than the average um, uh, first responder type episodes that we typically think of. You know, someone's having a heart attack and someone runs, you know, from one of your members runs to you know to save their life. Uh, so I, I I just I would imagine that it has put a certain strain on the people that you work with that that they have this additional consideration. Of I'm going to get involved in an episode. I'm going to get involved now in in, in a um, in 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 some type of uh, incident that's happening. And God knows, God forbid, I may not be able to come out of it alive. Listen, this is one of the things that you know people that are volunteers in Israel, in the army, or in Hatzalah, United Hatzalah, or any other serious like emergency rescue unit in Israel knows that he's putting his life in danger. He could be in a situation where he's finding himself uh, in front of a, a person who wants to kill him just because he's Jewish. And we have this every single day. And, and we go to our house in the morning. We don't know where we're going to end. It could be we're going to be saving someone in a very dangerous situation. I just had a, uh, in B'nai Brock, the day we had a terrorist attack in B'nai Brock, volunteer who unfortunately worked and tried to save someone. He passed away in his hands. He died in his hands from, from the, you know, shooting of the terrorist. Uh, five hours later, he was in his house. He was, he couldn't sleep. He was devastated. He was in a situation that he needed emotional help. All of a sudden he gets another emergency call of a woman two buildings away from where he lives. Was not, who felt like she's giving birth at home and she was, you know, pregnant and all of a sudden the baby's coming out. He, he jumped out of bed, it was already almost in the morning, and he runs over and he delivers a healthy baby boy. And this is something that a few hours before he, he had to pronounce this young Jewish person dead in B'nai Brock, and all of a sudden he's delivering a baby. And this is a type of work we're dealing with in Israel. We never know what's the next thing. We don't know what we're going to deal to, and we just know we're putting our life for Hashem, for saving lives, and Kiddush Hashem, and Pikoch Nefesh. What has United Hatzalah, Eli Beer, founder of uh, President of United Hatzalah of Israel, is with us? What have you done in the Ukraine? The war broke out at the end of February. Uh, obviously, at some point, you and your leadership made a decision to get involved in a certain way. What were some of the types of things that you did and continue to do uh, regarding the Jewish community of the Ukraine? So we had a group of volunteers who were operating in Ukraine for over 10 years uh, in Kiev, in Odessa, in, uh, in uh, Mezhibuz, in Uman. Um, we had a small group there that was helping the Jewish people and also non-Jewish people who needed help. And then 
when the war was about to break out, I didn't believe this thing was going to happen, but we had a, an emergency meeting about this. And I heard the voices from our volunteers who told us that this is going to be a devastating thing for the Jewish community and Ukraine because the Jews always are the blame for everything. You, you always blame the Jews from both sides. The Ukrainians and the Russians will always blame the Jews for everything, and they were really getting ready to leave anyone who could. And they said to us, we need help from Israel. We need you guys to come help us out because we're going to have some very hard rescue operations to get old people out, babies out and everything. So we, we didn't know if it's going to happen or not. We actually thought it might be, it might be, uh, it might be a, um, a false alarm, but you know, we're going to go get ourselves ready. So before the world broke out, we already had, a team of 12 people, paramedics and EMTs who left Israel to Ukraine. We had a doctor from Miami, Dr. Zevi North, who left Miami that day to go help organize medically the teams. And uh, we were getting ready for the worst. And I was wrong. I thought it's not going to happen. My team thought it will happen. And I'm sad to say, uh, I'm, I'm sad to say that they were right. And, and we, we were dealing with the war situation. The first, uh, the first rescue mission we had was a baby, one day old. That mother called me up. She was in Israel. Mo the mother was, she couldn't have babies for 20 years. She couldn't have children. Her and her husband decided to take a surrogate to carry her baby. It's her baby. A Jewish baby was born in a shelter underneath a building in, in Kiev oh, while the Russians were bombing Kiev. And she was trying everything possible to get there. She couldn't get to Ukraine. And she tried um, getting people to rescue the baby. No one had ability to do that. And even some people even told her, just give up. You know, let the baby go to, um, let the baby just go to orphanage or something because you're not going to be able to get the baby to the war. It's going to be a disaster to get the baby out. It's going to be impossible. So she called me up. It was Friday afternoon. It was Friday night in, in Ukraine. I got my team to start working on the first rescue operation. 62 hours later, we had the baby, little baby, um, uh, name is Rain. Uh, the baby was uh, brought to the mother in Israel. Uh, the baby was four days old when the mother met the baby for the first time. And I just saw the baby yesterday. For the my first time, I saw the baby. And it was just the greatest feeling in the world to see a beautiful baby um, living in Israel, and we know that if it wasn't for our volunteers being there, it was a very complicated rescue mission, and we were able to get her out. And then we had Holocaust survivors, 96-year-old Holocaust survivors, 92-year-old Holocaust survivors, who had no way of going by car. We had to get ambulances and, and rescue them. 12-hour drives on the road in danger to get them to the border of Moldova and get them on planes to Israel. So we chartered allow planes, and our Kia planes, and uh, and we got these people from Moldova and the, and Poland to Israel. We realized that the the ones who are left behind don't have food, and for Pesach they didn't have food. So we arranged two hundred and fifty thousand pounds of food and medicine to be sent into Ukraine. So this is stuff that we dealt with in the last uh, two and a half months. What happens? Uh, to, maybe almost three months. What happens today? Is that your team still on the ground? Are they safe? Are they helping? Is is there no need for them now? What's the story now? So right now, I just literally came in uh, twenty four hours ago from Ukraine. I was in Ukraine meeting the Minister of Health of Ukraine, meeting the mayors there, the mayor of Kiev, and, di and different officials in Ukraine to to build our 
next phase of help because now the war changed, you know, directions. Now it's more east. And they still have a lot of Jews there, and a lot of Jews are killed in the east of of Russia. Of sorry, of of Ukraine. And some who want to get out can't get out. It's too difficult to get out. So what do we do now? How do we help them? We're thinking of new ways. We still have teams there and helping. Even this morning, we we took together with the Jewish agency that asked us to help them with six olim who are very very sick or injured. That we we send paramedics to to get them from there by ambulances to a plane and escort them to Israel. They just landed a few hours ago in Israel. So we're trying our best to help as much as we could. The war is still going on full force. Putin is not going to stop till he feels like he won. Um, he's, he's destroying a whole country, and a lot of people are affected, and a lot of Jews are affected. How does your, so we're just how doing do, everything possible. How does your team uh, have what they need? How are they able to stay safe? Are they able to stay safe? Are they able to uh, uh, to get the supplies that they need, both medical and food supplies, in order to just you know continue this mission? It's very hard. We have to go every time. We have to go in different ways. I came through Moldova. Moldova just shut down their borders. They don't want people to go through Moldova to Ukraine because Moldova are really, really concerned about Russia attacking them next. So they don't want to be involved anymore in, in even humanitarian help towards Ukraine. So now we have to find other ways through Poland, which is very difficult because of bureaucracy and because of so many people are going in and out. It just takes hours and hours, sometimes days. Our team's their biggest problem is getting gasoline for the ambulances. We have a bunch of ambulances operating in Ukraine. We are struggling. You could wait eight hours to get into a gas station. If you find a gas station that has gasoline and they give you only like three gallons to fill up your ambulance or your car. So we have to find ways of how to overcome that problem. Food is a problem. We have to send them food through different countries because they're not manufacturing any, anything there. And uh, we just have to struggle. Medicines, a lot of medicines that we bring, we bring to Israel. We have cargo planes leaving weekly with food and, and medicines from Israel, medical equipment, and helping the people there. So I, I could say that it's not an easy situation. It's not like you're in a vacation in Hawaii. Conditions are very, very hard, and uh, you're putting your life in danger. I, I had to run to a bomb shelter two days ago under the parliament in, in Kiev, uh, together with parliament members, to be in a bomb shelter because they had a threat. It was the 9th of May, and everyone was worried about maybe maybe Putin will be able to will want to shoot direct missiles into the parliament. So they had a, um, a alarm. I'm so used to it from Steyrot and from Ashkelon. It's uh, it's it's really the same. Scare, yeah, you, know? you, you, were, you, were, you were the experienced one there. You could you could tell them exactly how to handle the situation. Uh, so with all, yeah, your- they actually asked me. They were laughing and they said, "Are you scared?" I said, "Yes." They said, "Aren't you used to it from Israel?" I said, "Yeah, we're used to the Palestinian missiles, not to the Russian missiles." Yeah, good point. Take time to get used to the. Ellie Beer is yeah. with us, founder and president of United Hatzalah. You hear what his volunteers and uh, his staff is going through, both in Israel and the Ukraine, and all he asks of us is to come to a dinner in New York City. <laughs> so he's not asking us to go hide in bomb shelters. He's not asking us to go and 
be first responders or, or get into a situation where one gets involved in what is a terror attack against Jews or any of the things we discussed this morning. All Ellie Beer wants is for everybody to be at Pier 60 in New York City on Tuesday, May the 24th. In fact, Dr. Newworth, who you cited earlier in this conversation, is actually the special guest that night, right? Exactly. So thank you for mentioning that, Nahum. Uh, this gala is very important for us. We had a, like I mentioned, a very difficult and, and challenging year this last past year. Uh, we want people to come, hear the stories, be motivated to, to be part of it, to, to get inspired. And we're going to bring Dr. Zevi Newworth, who was a hero, put his life in danger, stopped everything he was doing in, in his practice, and went to save people's lives in Ukraine. He's going to speak, and we're going to have a lot of good people there. It's going to be an incredible event. Um, a beautiful Tuesday um, on May 24th. I would love everyone who could come and uh, wants to come support to get a ticket and come support the event. It's in Pier 60, which is a beautiful area, too. Nice. I hope it's going to be good weather. Um and we're going to have uh, good food there. And we have a website, which everyone could just go on and get a ticket, get two tickets, get five tickets, and just bring your friends and family. I think it's uh, UH, UH is United Hotel, really. Uh, UHNYGala.com. Yeah. UHNYGala.com. And uh, you can also go into our website, israelrescue.org and learn more about the organization. If you can come, just go on our website and support our work in Israel and in Ukraine, which is so needed. The Heroes of Israel Gala <coughs> takes place in New York City on Tuesday, May the 24th at Pier 60. Special guest is Dr. Zevi Newworth, who we just spoke about. They'll honor Kathy and Alan Weiss and Alan Chantal Gindi. Um, there'll be Broadway stars performing at the event. It's going to be a great uh, night to honor the life-saving work of United Hatzalah. And there is a website, uhnygala.com, uhnygala.com. Again, uhnygala.com. There's a phone number, 646-833-7108. That's 646-833-7108. And there's an email and website. The email is office at israelrescue.org. And the other website is Israel rescue.org israelrescue.org circle the 24th of may it is always a great event uh when they when they say it's a heroes of israel gala they mean it a lot of great heroes who put their lives on the line and just put their you know even if they're not sacrificing their life god forbid we don't want anyone to have to sacrifice their life uh but they're sacrificing their uh their their time their family's life um and uh responding at a moment's notice uh, for any type of emergency, whether it's uh, Israel, Ukraine, Surfside, coming up on that first anniversary, and so many other situations where United Hatzalah gets involved and um, and and helps bring a positive resolution in very, very difficult circumstances. So again, it's israelrescue.org and the GALA website, and we suggest that everybody um, try to be there on the 24th of may very different ellie uh very different than the the circumstances that you just described earlier in terms of how you are trying to get in and out of ukraine how you are you and your personnel are dealing with the uh the attacks and medical situations in israel all you're asking is for people to come and enjoy a night on pier 60 in new york city sounds like we got the better part of the deal frankly (laughs) you'll be surprised now from how many people call me every day 
and tell me, Ellie, I want to come help. Take me to Ukraine. And I say, what, what, what do you want me to do in Ukraine with you? He says, I don't know. We'll do anything. I said, you know what? Start with the gala, and then we'll talk about Ukraine. <laughs> start, start with committing yourself to a couple of hours for the dinner, and then we'll talk about going to Ukraine. I actually, I actually like that. I want to see if you can handle this incredible smorgasbord, <laughs> and then we'll talk <laughs> That's actually a very good strategy on your part. It's obvious you have a lot of experience in this. Well, Ellie, what can I say? Koleka vote. I hope the event's a, a great success. And, um, and just, you have thousands of people, thousands of people who have joined, um, uh, United Hatsala over the years who are helping you do this noble work. Uh, stay safe. And we say that to all your members. Stay safe and, um, and continue to help, uh, uh Jews both in Israel and around the world and around the world. Thank you so much. I really, really appreciate being on your show, and I just want to tell you that I'm, I'm probably showing, I'm probably appearing in your show for the last twenty five years, wow. and I have tremendous gratitude to you and all your listeners who are religiously listening to you. I appreciate that. People very much. in Israel, in Europe, in America, everywhere are listening to you. So thank you so much for having me. Kolakavo, thank you so much. That's Ellie Beer, everybody. He's the founder of United Hatzalah of Israel. And uh, the gala is the 24th of May, and I hope it's a major success. A lot of great causes out there to get involved with, and I hope everybody out there finds a good one like this to uh, to help support. More coming up. You're listening to a uh, Thursday morning edition of JM in the AM. Ooh.